talk about the right way to live. Shut up, you don't know what you're on about. You voted for him, look at you, you dirty rat. Anyway, shall we talk about some tunes? I should probably press the record button if we're going to do We that. should probably see if we can have a nice clean edit point. That's, you know, professionalism and all that bullshit. Uh, yeah, we, we, we're as professional as how much we get in proportion to the amount we get paid to do this. Tripping Balls, episode this number. Well, still more professional than, it, than ESPN, that's for sure. They don't do a music uh, podcast. They don't do a podcast mm. when they listen to new music every week. In a weird way, this is the only platform that this is the only podcast we do that's actually an original idea because I don't know of too many other. I mean, there's probably there's music review podcasts, but the specific conceit of um, going out and trying to find new music and, and talking about it within the, the scope of a week—that's you know there aren't there are one hundred and ninety thousand podcasts where they talk about basketball um, and they vary in quality. old music. Oh, there's plenty that they talk about old music. Yeah. Some are good and some are less good, but um, deliberately, belligerently talking about new music, even to the detriment of our own sanity, I think, is basically the premise of our podcast. Well, that's a nice segue, because speaking of belligerence, would you like to talk about pigs, 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 pigs? I think, I think you got the number. You're pretty close. I think I did. Um, I, did. I made sure I did it like on an odd, so. Yes. <laughs> you counted yourself in. The Seven Little Pigs... Uh, this 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 is hefty. This is riffage. This is huge, fucking thermonuclear scale space stoner doom gurning and riffage. And would you say there's a little bit of sludge in there as well? Like? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Throw some little sludge little in as well. I'd call that. I, I tend to call it doom, but you know, I think Alice in Chainsy mm. kind of sludgy. You can probably see yeah. that they have similar. I mean, all of this essentially goes back to Black Sabbath, because um, and, and the kind of the, the evolutionary tree spreads out from there into the the kind of sludgier grunge bands and the doom metal and the stoner rock bands of you know of the desert. Um, you know the the, the classes and the and the um, and that sort of generation. A lot of that, if you drag it all the way back, it's kind of Black Sabbath, nineteen seventy, that that uh, it kicks all that stuff off. And um, there's some very Sabbathian uh, tracks on this album. Ultimate Hammer, well, that's a bit more motoretti, but Big Rig has the the grand scale of a, of a Black Sabbath song in that it kind of almost like a rock opera. It sort of skips between different movements and does different all kinds of bit different bits and pieces. Um, back half of the album I really enjoyed um, front half of the album I really enjoyed a couple of slightly weaker points but um, generally I, I really I, I really love this album I thought it was I thought it was their best album I think we've done their last two uh, but this this album definitely made a, an impact on me I think it's it's in it's in the conversation for album of the year uh, at least it's in the clubhouse for that it'll definitely be you know well behind by the end of the year I would have thought somewhere in the top 10 possibly top 20 uh, but um, fucking fuck all that. This is a good album, and you, sh- you should listen to it if you like them riffs. Um, yeah, I thought this was uh, unlistenable uh, shit. No, I-, I thought this was the best version of this music that I could enjoy. I quite enjoyed this. I thought I thought this was pretty good. Um, so this reached you, essentially. Yeah, it, it, like. 
can I put it? It's not something that I want to listen to back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like, I've got to take a deep breath and go, okay, I'm going to listen to this. And then it's like, fuck, but the guitars and the drumming sound and it's yeah. just like this, especially on headphones, it's like, oh, in your fucking brain. And it's like, okay, I need to go and, need to go and listen to some like, Vivaldi or something. <laughs> well, that's what this week was that. actually a good balance because there it was a little bit of a there was a few palate cleansers uh, in the loop, but we'll talk about it. Um, I think it's a, yeah, it's a little bit more approachable because it's it's not as intense and brutal as I mean, even as that um, that Scandinavian metal band sort of thrash death metal out in flames with the screaming and the the fast riffs and all that sort of stuff we did last week. Yeah. This is a little bit more because it's it's doom, which means it's that kind of slow and pounding kind of riffage. It's it's actually you can let it kind of you can just sort of groove along with it essentially. Groove doesn't really feel like the right word for that, but it is kind of what you do but with that that very kind of slow and deliberate monolithic crunchy kind of feel to it. Yeah. No, look I sort of came into it going, I'm not going to enjoy this, and enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So, yeah, that's 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 a win for me. So those are your pigs, 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 pigs. Will it, I don't know if it'd be my in my top five. Oh, look, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't have expected that. And I'd look, only because I know what our past records are with listening to 100 albums in a year. Yeah, there end up being twenty albums that I say this album is going in my top five. So I susp- just to be realistic, I think it's probably more. It's going to be in the conversation. It's going to be in the top quartile of albums I listened to this year. Yeah, and that Civic album from last week is probably not far away from that. Uh, so it's you know, at this stage of the year, all you need to say is that it's a good album and you should listen to it. Everything else is you know end of year bullshit is months away to worry about. Uh, all right, let's talk about Orbital. Playing for this for my kids in the car this afternoon, right? And you were the frequency. I think it was you were the frequency. frequency. <laughs> and I was like, frequency. "What do you reckon this song's about, boys?" Oh, it's definitely about frequencies. <laughs> yes, if you want to. What I love about so, so some of the tracks on this album. I mean, this 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 is a um, you know, Orbital were always much more of a like an acid house act than so those sort of big beat acts that dominated the back half of the nineties. The Chemical Brothers and the Prodigies and the fucking Druva Martyrs and so forth. Yeah. Um, but parts of this almost feel like they have more in common with like early 90s Eurodance, like fucking Technotronic or S-Express or Snap or something. You know, particularly with, I mean, You, you Are The Frequency has the most, that's the, some of the most asinine vocal samples and, and so incredibly basic. This is the fact that you've got a, a sample that, that is changing speed because you've pressed it. It is, it's fucking Omega Pro Tracker level stuff. But it still works because it's in the spirit of the genre and, and because this is this is from the originators and if you go back and listen to their early 90s stuff, it, feel, it feels and sounds exactly like this. I mean, there's no, there's, this does feel like a continuation. We're talking the other last week about that, um, that Swedish metal band, uh, and, and it was like we, we, we've not listened to their fourteen albums. And we're joining them right at the end of their career, or at least today. How do we put? How do we sort of frame that in the context of the rest of their career? I feel like this is. I'm not going to say it's peak orbital, but it's it's representative orbital. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's a really good expression of what they are. Yeah. I don't... Was it good? <laughs> I don't know. I really... Well, this, that's a different question. It's whether you enjoy it. I mean, I don't, I don't think I enjoy this as much as... I mean, I know it's not the same genre exactly, but I think it feels like it misses the depth of the Chemical Brothers, uh, who ironically are not brothers, whereas these guys are brothers. Or Prodigy. Or, say, the force, or the, the kind of the swagger of the Prodigy, who, as we've always said, are a punk band masquerading as an electronic act. Um, yeah. What's interesting was that these guys were brothers, and for most of their career they wrote together, but all the tracks on this are written separately, and that they've kind of, they're just doing their own thing. Um, and sometimes with other collaborators too. Paul and Phil sound like a fucking pair of plumbers from fucking Bristol or something. And yeah, so that it's it's interesting that they're still. And I think they actually had a period where they split up because they they kind of ran out of ideas, which I think is interesting. Yes, yeah. That would have made Christmas a little bit awkward. <laughs> what have you been doing? Oh. It's like yeah, I'm not collaborating with someone else. I'm just, I'm, you haven't been writing fucking music for our fucking band, you can't. Uh. Look, I found it pleasant, but it wasn't... It didn't scratch the itch that I was hoping it would scratch, I guess. Well, yeah. Um, I, I think I think you were hoping for something a bit more energetic, vibrant, compelling. Yeah, but, but I, went, I went back and sort of listened to, you know, if you go back through, not through their albums, but just like their top songs. Yeah, there is, and, there is a it, playlist it, of, of their top songs. Ironically, yeah. be- because of their era, this is... You know, disproportionately represented. The, this album is disproportionately represented because it's had a lot of spins. So you end up listening yeah. to quite a lot of the tracks off this album in the in the sort of playlist of most popular songs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there were, it was okay. I, I felt like it, when it got to the um, the track where uh, which I had heard before, where the dude from Sleaford Mods, who seems to be fucking everywhere at the moment, um, he came in and he did a guest bit which basically felt like a Sleaford Mods track with just Orbital doing music it did feel like a bit of a shot of Red Bull at a time the album kind of needed it because it, it was really sluggish they'd just come off that track where Woburn was blithering on about um, Urban Renewal it sounded like fucking Justin Hawkins from The Darkness but I had to look it up to find out that it, was, it wasn't it was Justin Hawkins from The Darkness it was actually a lady just doing this kind of irritatingly breathy ASMR vocals. It made my fucking skin crawl. But the um the Sleafords thing, it, it needed something there, but it all it did was remind me of the fact that Sleafords also did a, a duet, uh, like a thing with the Prodigy, and that was a much better track. So unfortunately, it just had the effect of reminding me that this this album felt like it needed more voltage pumped through it than uh, than these guys at their particular age and stage were willing to do. And also the fact that that's not the genre that they're in. But yeah, that my 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 favorite track on the album was "Dirty Rat," the uh, the, the Sleeves collaboration. This is another one where it's like I I had hopes, so so you were disappointed, so you're angry, more, and you're lashing more, out. More, more more disappointed, more disappointed than probably what I should be in this in this um. You're the guy that the historical context guy. A- am I crazy for thinking yes. that the arcs pulls on? A whole heap of sixties pop ideas, older tropes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's sixties, not seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, probably fifties, sixties. Particularly kind of lush sixties, maybe a little bit of Motowny kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, see, I was thinking like it's the- basically it feels like all the sixties pop ideas for songs that Dan Albert couldn't get past Patrick Carney in the in the Black Keys writing room, so he took him off to the Arcs to do. Um, 
it, it, it's very, it's lush and lovely and layered and all that sort of stuff. It's it's a little bit too consciously old timey um, for mine. You know, it, it really does feel old fashioned. Yes, and that's even for you know the fact that Alback built his career on doing busted Delta Blues riffs. So he's more than happy to be a man out of time. But it, it, it felt even more obviously um, a genre piece, essentially. But they were lovely, lovely, lovely pop songs. I felt like I felt like I, I needed to dress up in a really natty suit and go and sit in a bar that was very smoky, you know, at a table drinking a martini. Like, like that's the sort of that, that's the sort of mindset I needed to be in to to to, to get this album. Like, and what was sort of nagging at me was I couldn't really place it. Um, I don't think it's specific to anything. I don't think it's like spe- like a specific 1963. And no, I think it's, it's a whole swathe of, of like maybe early to mid 60s pop ideas um, that, that are kind of well, pop feels, sort of pre Summer of Love kind of stuff. Because it doesn't have a very it doesn't have a psychedelic feel to it. Well, do you know what surprised me actually was I thought it had. Just little throwbacks to um, pulp, and I wonder whether pulp are also sort of accessing that that sixty sound. You know, like this is hardcore, like that real well, slow. Travis Cock is old enough to have been there at the time. Yeah, that's true. I enjoyed this, and I actually enjoyed it more. The more I listened to it, I, I the, the first first listen through, I, I found it a bit light and fluffy, and I yeah. I actually dug it a lot more. As I sort of sunk into it, um, it does have more depth, and, and Outback's voice actually worked. Given that he started out just doing, you know, Howlin' Wolf impressions, um, he can carry this sort of stuff reasonably well. Mm. Um, this is not in a genre. You know, I'm not particularly interested in this genre, but I thought it was a really nicely put together album. And in fact, I think all the albums this week have been really solid efforts in the genres they were trying to crack, and. Um, if you happen to be into any of those genres, these are good albums to uh, to bend an ear to. That seems like a fairly meek fucking endorsement, but it's it's actually intended to be a strong one because um, if this is your jam, it will definitely be your jam or other form of conserve. This is worth, uh, yeah, th- this is worth adding to the list to repeat later down the track and see whether it grows on you or whether yeah. it... It sort of fades a little bit, I guess. Yeah, for you, I, th- I actually thought this one might be your je- might be your shit mainly because of the was it Aaron Carter, Aaron Fraser? Yeah, yeah. It's not quite as uh funk like that one's a, a straight funk and soul sort of record. I think. That- yeah, that one's a little bit more Motown. Um, yeah, Aaron Carter was from one of those boy bands. Aaron Fraser was the but Dan Auerbach produced that, I think, didn't he? Ah, could have, yeah. Cause he, we did a couple that he um, produced last year, didn't we? Yeah, we. Well, that, that was why I was a little bit surprised you didn't know about this one because I thought this one probably would have popped up given that you've been listening to a lot, a lot of Black Keys, although maybe not on Spotify. So that mm. might be why it's it's not found its way in. Uh no, listen, we, we we've got a, a dedicated Spotify playlist. So yeah, I, d- I don't know why this one didn't come up. Uh, quite enjoyed it though. They're holding it from you. Keeping it a secret. How the fuck does Skrillex have two albums out in one in one month? That seems unsustainable. All right, what have you got that is new? Fuck! I just have a bunch of fucking uh, 
bunch of albums that are, that are kind of jokers. Uh, I'm going to go for the new album by Death Valley Girls, who are okay. a bunch of uh, rock and roll mystics, I think their bio describes them as, uh, from LA, and they do kind of spaced out, 70s-influenced um, spooky rock jams. So that's the album that I'm going to pick for this week. It's um, Death Valley, Valley Girls. I think it's Islands in the Sky, I think is the name of the album. What do you like the sound of this week? Is it? Look, it's, 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 still a bit, it's still a bit grim. Um, but look, let's go with Shame from England. Um, <sighs> I think we've done one of their albums before. I think we did Drunk Tank Pink. Yeah, they did one in 2018. Yeah, Drunk Tank Pink, I think the album was called. Oh, okay, two th- that, that was two I years ago. I can't remember a single fucking thing about it. No. Anyway. I kind of mix them up with your Viagra Boys and your, there's a few other acts that are a bit, that are kind of in the same agit punky, shouty, post-punky kind of area. Um, but, yeah, that album I have I have noticed, I did hear that it, that it popped up this week, so... Uh, um, yeah, fair enough. I will do the album it's by got, shape. It's, it's got a couple of good reviews. There's just really not, you know, like we could go, do Gorillas, but man, I'm I'm a bit. We could do Godsmack. Would you like to do the new Godsmack, Godsmack. album? Well, I was going to suggest the Gorillas album as as the Joker because yeah, I, I think that I feel the, like that like it's I'm, an album that we we'll probably should have an opinion on, and it kind yeah. of fits the remit for a Joker. Um, but that Godsmack is interesting. I, I did. I think I owned a Godsmack album at one point. They were pretty fucking terrible, but they were loud. Nineteen ninety-five. They were. They were uh, formed. They are very. They've got very strong uh, Woodstock ninety-nine vibes. Yep. I'm almost they certain they were on that. In fact, I think I had the Woodstock ninety-nine live album. Um, that was just of the music, thankfully. I I do, I do like. Uh, <laughs> the the dryness of the the Wikipedia. So when you hover over an album on Wikipedia, it's yeah. sort of like it, it gives you, uh, you know, th- this band has done this and this band has done this. <laughs> and the one for from the drummer from Radiohead, and it basically said, oh, here it is, Adam Lambert. I did see that. Uh, uh, yeah. No, not, that looked Adam Lambert. Kind of, but, no, 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 no. It was, um, I did see his, um, his side project. And I thought, I don't know whether I want to think about that. And it basically said, he was the drummer from Radiohead. Radiohead have been inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that was it. And I was like, wow, that's all I could say about him. It's like, well, is nothing, that all you nothing need about to say his about music? Him? It's like, hey, I'm well, in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe you should listen to my side project. I guess so. Uh, anyway, that's what I've got. Yeah, all right. Let's do that Gorillas. Uh, let's as, as let's a, do the Gorillas as, as the Joker. That'll be good. And they'll tick it off and we'll be able to say, this was an enormous bucket of conceited wanker from a bunch of people who are 50 and 60 and 70 years old and should know better. Or it might be good. We've been surprised before, so let's hope for that because that's better than it being a whole bunch of wank. And uh, next week we can do the new Slotoy album, so that that's always good. Yeah, or we can do we can do the Gunsmack album, and we can we can shave those fucking ridiculous new metal fucking soul patches into our beards and everything. Yeah, and just be angry for no fucking reason because it's nineteen ninety nine and everything is going perfectly we, well. 
we're good at that. So yeah. Right. Never right, misunderstand me. Keep away from me. It's the only thing I remember about Godsmack. Speaking of idiocy, that Blues Fest idiocy oh, escalated yeah, quickly. I, was say, I mean, oh, it really more, got out of one hand. More, one more thing we do need to talk about. Good like, Lord. I mean, this time last week it was just that, you know, fucking the old mate had put tricky, uh, stinky fingers on the fucking bill. And since then, a bunch of bands have pulled out and a bunch of other bands have pulled out because they weren't going to get paid. Uh, international acts, uh, who, the, the terms of their their contracts seem to have changed overnight. Allegedly. So they're like, well, I guess we're not coming. Um, but just the, the efforts to which, um, oh, mate, Peter Noble has doubled down and tripled down, and I think he's up to quadruple downing in his, def- his pa- impassioned defence of the Sticky Fingers dude. It's just, I'm not sure why you want to risk it all on this guy, but... Congratulations, you've risked it all on this guy. Well, are festival owners, promoters, the, you know, NBA owners of the music world, are there any good ones? Well, well or, or how out of touch are they? Because I was just thinking of this because he's this guy's banging on about how this guy deserves another chance and, you know, this is cancel culture gone mad and fucking, you know, he deserves a, a second chance and forgiveness and all this sort of stuff and he's got a mental illness and he's mouldy and all these other things. It's like, Jesus Christ. And this comes down to the point that clearly the people who should decide in our culture as to who deserve, deserves to be forgiven for racism and sexism and and His other things we can't chart. talk about because they're legally actionable allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. are rich white boomers with an OAM. They're the people who are in the best position to decide who gets to be forgiven. It's It's just... Fucking terrible. It really is. Fuck him and his festival. I hope, I, you know. Let's, keep in mind that this was the guy who, back when those lockout laws were getting really, really sketchy and basically live venues were getting shut down all over New South Wales and live festivals were, were, were at risk, this guy didn't go out in solidarity with the other festivals. He cut himself a deal so his festival would be fine. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. Yep. The cultural... Yeah, Blues Fest culturally is just gone, isn't Trash. it, really? Like, just piss it off. Well, um, the, the comfortable boomer audience will still turn up, but, I mean, the weird thing is that I, I could see Sticky Fingers becoming like some kind of avatar for the anti-woke mob kind of cancel culture yeah. Sky <laughs> News people, and they're going to be like the house band for Sky News after this because they're just going to get adopted <laughs> like, by them. Like, it, what, who is it? Um, not Jimmy Kimmel. Who's got the roots as their house band? Um, this uh, Sky, no, Sky well, News it was, having sticky. Um, yeah, yeah Jimmy, the other Jimmy. It's Fallon. the other Jimmy. Yeah, Fallon. Fallon, yeah. Yeah. It's like. Just become the house band for like <laughs> Paul sticky Kelly. Sticky Fingers going to be. Yeah. Peter Credlin's show <laughs> has. <laughs> Sky News After Dark presented by Sticky Fingers. <laughs> sticky Fingers playing their fucking terrible, shitty reggae rock. Um, mm-hmm. For international listeners, Sticky Fingers are basically, if 660 were even worse. Uh, and sex yeah. pesty and racist. And on that note, I'm out. I'm I, done. I think that's enough of us. I'm cooked. This was the Balls Podcast's Tripping Balls, our music episode. Uh, I was Doc, he was Bezo. Uh, we will talk to you again the next time we talk to you. Good night to you. See us. You won't see them. This is a podcast. I I just hit the wall hard.
the uh, adrenaline has definitely crashed. Well, you just poured you just poured whiskey on it. What did you expect to happen? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you go to bed. You got a you got a busy, busy day of camping tomorrow. Got to go and be camp. All right. See you, Doc. Good night. Just getting some food in. <laughs> Carbo loading. Oh man, I haven't eaten all day. I'm such a nervous athlete. It's ridiculous. What, you can't even stuff a fucking gel in here or something? Nah. I pissed like 15 times before I do this stuff. It's like, I'm 45, it means nothing. But anyway. It seems like dehydrating yourself and not taking on any fucking carbs might be an issue for your performance. Oh, As no, a doctor, I drink lots, I drink lots of water. Yeah, because well, you're pissing it out. That's the issue. I'm thinking more you're fucking... Can't you even like suck on a fucking cycling gel or something? Um, I have a big breakfast, but and then puke it up. Yeah, mate, and then just no, no, just I don't know, just don't really. All the stuff I tell my my guys, and then I'm not that good at it. But anyway. You don't listen to it because you know what? Well, follow your own fucking advice. That sounds like a terrible plan. No, I, I felt like I don't know. I, I do everything I possibly can, but. I just, I'm just fucking really nervous. I don't know why. Anyway, for fuck's sake, something's gone wrong here. I'll finish this ice cream and then we'll. That's all right. Some. I'm, I'm trying to figure something out. <laughs> while you're watching Super Rugby? No, it's it's 22 to 28. I, I, my surprise sound is because that means there must have been at least two tries since the last time I looked. So, um, rugby isn't what it was. I seem to be chucking it around and doing tries and other stuff that GPS don't approve of. I've got this good Sony camera, right? What, old school or film or digital? No, no, no like digital, like an digital expensive one that I got for work, but I use myself. It's really fucking expensive, and yet I don't like it as much as the cheaper Panasonic I had before it. I don't know. It's... I just don't seem to get the same. I don't know whether it's I've just got the wrong lens. Maybe it's quite possible, but well, you I can have know. all the fucking all the tech you want, but if you don't have a good enough glass, you're not going to get the pictures. That's that's basically it's all about the glass. Um, yeah, and not just the quality of it, but also the, the very corrective films and things like that. And uh, we've gotten away from that a lot these days with people just taking photos on their their phones and the phones having little lenses and very big computers to, uh, you know, proportion it to to, to do the corrections. It's it's very hard to take a really bad photo on a phone. However. Yeah, you you can take like an 80% photo with no problem at all. But um, if you want to take that 99% photo, then it's going to require a little bit more input. This feels like a conversation Adam should be having. I have, I've got this micro four thirds, and I'm not that kind of I've, doctor, but I think you can, you can have lengthening operations for that. Roman.com. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I just took, I, I just took photos I liked a lot. Like the photos aren't as high quality, but I just liked the photos I took better out of it. I don't know. It's a weird thing. What are you taking photos of? Oh, I just like I was wandering around after the comp. 
like after oh, I competed. Was, you could say ten year old children or something. It's like, no, you don't need to. We don't need to be recording this. It's a bad idea. 